Welcome in to another episode of We're Talking. We're talking baseball, Raging Cajun baseball with voice of the Cajuns, Jay Walker. Good afternoon, Jay. Hello, young man. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me as always. Well, you know, it's uh, I know we just got done talking Sunbelt Conference baseball. I thought we might dig into the uh, the Cajuns here a little bit more that happened this weekend and maybe take a look ahead with uh, – I'm just blank. Troy. Troy, Troy coming in this we weekend. Coming in tomorrow night. Uh, we have uh, tomorrow night. We have Louisiana Tech on That's Tuesday. Right. Oh my gosh! And Southeastern on Wednesday. Okay, well, let's go back to Marshall. Um, <laughs> a good weekend, a great weekend. Able to play three games. Able to get home. I think you got home probably before I left Lampson Park or close to it. Uh, yeah, probably so. Uh, let's see. We wa- I walked into the well. The plane landed a little after eight, I think. Okay, so I got home maybe thirty minutes before you. Yeah, uh, from uh, the ballpark, the the uh, the the women taking uh, three games from uh, South Alabama this weekend, which was very very enjoyable. You know what? I know we're going to get into yeah. baseball a bit, but since you brought up softball, let me say this: South Alabama's got a good program. Okay? Yes, they've got a good program. You know, baseball beat. ULM like 24 times in a row. And there were a lot of those years that they weren't even competitive. Cajuns have beaten South Alabama now in softball 23 straight times. And Olivia Lackey, who is one of the premier pitchers in this league, she's been first team all conference. She's might be pitcher of the year this year. She's been the pitcher of the week four times already this year. She's 0 and 7 against the Cajuns with an ERA just under five. You know, and I looked back because I was curious. I think the last 11 years, the Jaguars have been in the NCAA tournament five of the last 11 years. They, no, so they, they've, like got, they've got a solid program. And um, it's just, logically, you shouldn't have a 23-game winning streak. And, and logically... That girl shouldn't be 0-7. I mean, she's really good. But um, they, she's a big rise ball pitcher, and the Cajuns can hit the rise ball and, and always have been able to. And they feel like her other pitches are not quite as good as the rise ball. So we'll take the rise ball away, and then you're going to have to beat, beat us with your other stuff. Agreed. Okay. Now let's go to baseball. Let's talk baseball. Uh, this past weekend, headed up to Marshall, like we talked about. Uh, a very good weekend, very impressive weekend uh, for everything that went on. Um, it started out with with uh, with, with Jake Ham, Hampton, uh, Preacher on the Mound on Friday night, and I think that just set the tone for the weekend, quite honestly. Yeah, and, and you know, you got three quality starts from your pitching staff. Um, Preach went seven, McGee went six, and, and Nazu went six and two-thirds. All three of them were very good. Um, and, you know, hitting-wise, you scored 21 runs, so you averaged seven runs a game um, and averaged uh, almost 10 hits per game. But you had 11 extra base hits, including five home runs. You slugged 520 uh, for the week. And you made one error. You fielded 991. Now, 
if you go out and hit the ball in a 290 clip and slug 520 and you make one error and you get three quality starts from your uh from your starters well damn it you're gonna sweep yes <laughs> and they did and i don't think i i know i know it's not just what i think but friday night's guy for marshall that's who the scouts were there to see yes he he did not have a good game um but and, my point is, he's a good pitcher. Oh, no, he's a very good pitcher. Uh, and he is, um, no, he's going to be, you know, you won't see him in a Marshall uniform next year because he's going to be playing pro ball somewhere. Um, but uh, visiting with Steve Cotton, who does, you know, Marshall's play-by-play, -play, he, he said, when the guy's locating well, he's as good a pitcher as you're going to see, but he's got to be able to locate. And he was all over the place on uh, on Friday. So the Cajuns were able to get to him. Um, look, Marshall, um, they were picked near the bottom of the league. But uh, they've got a new coach. And the guy's won a lot of games in his career. A former coach at Ohio State. And Marshall plays the game the right way. Um, they, they go out and they stay hard-nosed and they play hard. Uh, and you know, you had to, you had to play him for nine innings each night. I was, I was impressed with Marshall. I don't think they're a great team by any means, but he's going to get the most out of that talent. And I think he did over the weekend. How many games? I know you, you mentioned on the other podcast, how many games do they play in Charleston? 15, 15. Yeah. And I, I realized just from looking at the game the night before that most of the fans were West Virginia fans, but still. That's a, a a nice way to to have a ball game. Yeah, it's good. We're the home team. Nice way to mid. Yeah, nice way to make a little money. There's nothing wrong with making because look, they had four thousand plus Wednesday night, and the largest crowd that we had over the weekend was 117. So, um, and that's that's a game that Marshall had an opportunity to win too against the West Virginia they, team. That's in the top 25. They they you know they gave up a lot of runs, but they stayed competitive with them. You're right. Uh, I think the most the thing to me that was most impressive was the defense that the Cajuns played with Veyon. He had the he had the diving catch where he kind of rolled into the wall or landed on the wall. Then he had the the catch that was going out of play where he where he stuck his arm over. Let's talk talk about the Cajuns' defense here for a little bit. Well, they had one error all weekend. Uh, you know, Lejeune I think kicked a ground ball and and that was it. Okay. Um, other than that, they played perfect defense, but they made, you know, it going into the ninth inning of the game, game two of the series. And it's still a tight game. All right. It's four to two, five to two, whatever it is. And um, they lead off with a ground ball deep in the hole at shortstop. And John Taylor goes deep in the hole his throws a little bit high Zambo stays on the bag, reaches up, makes the catch. They get the guy by an eyelash. You know, you go into the ninth inning and you're still in the ball game, you know, and you're, and you're, you're, you're juiced. You're just, you know, let's get off to a good start this inning. A play like that breaks your spirit. And, and then the, the, the last two outs were, were pretty easy. Um, so Taylor made that great play. You had, um, you know, you, you, and then you made every routine play. 
it, it was just a great defensive weekend uh, for the Cajuns. And, uh, you know, I, I'll say this, you know, there's no question they missed a barge. I got to tell you something, man, John Taylor is playing well. And you're going to keep his bat in the lineup when Debo gets back. But he, um, over the weekend, and I, here it is, all the games against Smart. He had 364. He was 4 of 11, knocked in three, um, and had an on-base percentage of over 400. You know what I love about him? First of all, he plays the game with intent. He's, a, he's an intense kid, and I like that. He lollygagged a ball on, on Sunday. He didn't get rid of it right away. He underestimated the speed of the guy, and the guy beat it out. Okay, well, when you do stuff like that, you're going to get yelled at, all right? So it wasn't just the coaches, too, because team, the, this team holds itself accountable. So they, so they jump his rear end pretty good, and what does he do? He grabs a bat, and first pitch, he hits it out of the ballpark. Also, in the first game, Vaughn gets picked off. He comes back, it's two-run homer. You got to like guys like that, man. That they'll they'll do something bonehead, and 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 the coaches and the players will get on them, and they'll say, "Okay, I'll make that up to you right now." Whack! I like that. They played with intent, and, and I, a guy that I think only gets mentioned when he ma- makes a mistake, which I don't think gets enough credit for his defense, is C.J. Willis. Whether he's playing first or second, tell you what, um, you know, he made. There was one play he should have made. Um, and I want to say maybe it was in game one. Um, no, it was in game two because in game one, he was playing first base. Uh, and it's a play he should have made. And it, and it, and a, a run wound up scoring. But he's also, he's also made some great plays at second base. And, it, and look, he and him and Zambo are both excellent defensive first basemen. Excellent. I, I, th- I think it's, uh, it, it for most of the, the most of them uh the young men that coming into college the majority of them haven't didn't play first base in high school so i think for them to adapt the way they have to has been awesome it's my understanding zambo was a third baseman in yeah. high school yeah he sure was so. boy he hit a jack the last day uh it went a long way <laughs> i take it no track man there at the stadium no or if you if they did now, does the minor league team still play there? Well, they don't have an affiliated team in Charleston anymore. Okay. They have an independent league team now. Um, when uh, when Major League Baseball redacted all of those minor league franchises a couple, three years ago, yep. um, yeah, Charleston was one of them that got whacked. Okay. Uh, I, I just, I, I knew they had, uh, I think it's Gomart Park. Is the Gomart Park, yeah. So I figured with some type of sponsorship name, they had to have somebody playing there at least a little bit yes um anything else about this weekend that either uh surprised you or or no nothing nothing really that surprised me i just thought that the cajuns played their three most complete games of the season where they were shining in every single facet of the weekend you know, had the biggest ERA for the weekend, Cooper Rawls. Yeah. You, you know, because uh, yeah, he gave up, you know, a couple of runs late in uh, in game one. I'll tell you that, but, you know, 
But overall, they pitched extremely well. They had some good timely hitting uh, and they played impeccable defense for, for three games. And, you know, that's very impressive to me. I, I do have to make mention of this though. Now we got an awfully good vantage point at that ballpark. Okay. As a matter of fact, you enter the ballpark and you walk over, you don't even have to go up steps to get to the press box. I mean, you're right there. You're right on top of the action. I had not seen him with that vantage point. You get the vantage point when you're at home because of your seats. But dude, Carson Fluno was sick in the two and a third innings that he pitched or one and two thirds, whatever it was in game three, his, his breaking ball was working better than it has all year long. And it was like, he would throw that thing and it could be halfway to home plate. And already I'm thinking, sit down, you know, and, and sure enough, you know, it drops in at the knees in the outside corner. Both coaches, Seth Thibodeau, Matt Diggs have said, felt like Fluno could be your Bo Bonds. And I can see after that performance why they say that, because Bo had that big 12-6 curveball. This, guy, this guy's more like a 10-4 a than a 12-6, but it's nasty. And, you know, you couple that, throw in 93-94. Fluno can be a real weapon before this is over with. I know it helps with the 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 starting pitching to go as long as they did this weekend, because for all three of them, I think not the longest ones each inning, but for all three days, this is the first time we had all three of them go as long as they did. Yeah, this is the first time you've had three quality starts in the weekend, and uh, as a result, you didn't see the bullpen very much. You know, David Christie did a nice job uh, the time that he was in. Cooper did what Cooper did, and then Fluno. So. That was all that was all great. And so you win those three games. You don't use Tate. You don't use Marshall. You don't use Moody. You know, you you got some good arms that never saw the light of day because the other guys did so well. Is this are you starting to see a deeper bullpen come out of all of this now? than what we had early on in the season. Well, you know what? I mean, with, Seth, you mentioned Christie. Seth said to me before the season started, he said, I think we've got better quality depth this year. And and he's right. You know, you've got, they probably go a couple of three deeper than what we did a year ago as far as the entire staff is concerned. Um, you know, there's a, there's a half a dozen guys in that bullpen that, any fan worth his salt, when that guy comes in, you say, okay, we're going to be okay. You know, um, when you got six or seven guys in the pen like that, that's that's pretty good. Because let me tell you something, most of the rest of this league doesn't have that. Now, you know, the one thing the Cajuns don't have, and they haven't had, is that Friday night punch you in the nose guy. From what I saw out of Blake McGee, he could turn into that. Because uh, I was very impressed watching him. Uh, he's so effortless with the way he throws the ball. How tall is he? Uh, is it six feet. Yeah, I think. I think. Okay. I think he he looks shorter, but when I looked it up, I think you're right. Six feet, and and it just it, it's just uh, I I I like the way he threw. He th- and and uh, 
Or you you know you go out and you and you recruit somebody that's going to turn into Gunnar Leje. Although Gunnar Leje was Gunnar Leje before he even got to us. Yeah. Um, you know you still don't have that guy. But I like the pitching staff because I do like the depth. You know, they're are they going to go out and dominate every time? Of course not. They're human. Uh, but all of them are capable. Uh, you know, the six or seven guys that you that you see out of the bullpen are capable. Moving on to this week, though, we're going to need that bullpen. We're going to yep. need the depth of a bullpen, and we're going to need some guys to step up and uh, throw some innings. Uh, Louisiana Tech coming in first. What, what's your, what are you expecting? Moody's going to start. Okay. Um, Louisiana Tech has, by Louisiana Tech standards, they've struggled this year. They're 16 and 16 coming in. Um, this is a, a program the last four or five years that's been, you know, a, a nationally respected program. They lost Slade Netterville early in the year. I think he's had, he only got one at bat before he went down. And um, they've at times had trouble scoring runs. I don't think they have anybody hitting 300 uh, on their club. Um, their team ERA is not terrible, uh, but uh, you know, their, their, their weekend guys are, are really good, but you know, I don't know that they have the pitching depth uh, that a team like the Cajuns have. But they're but they're Louisiana Tech, okay? That's a very well coached team. Um, that's used to winning, and they play with a little swagger, and I mean that as a compliment. So sixteen and sixteen doesn't mean anything. The Cajuns had better be ready because Tech's going to be ready. They're going to come in here wanting to wanting to win the game, and they're going to look at twenty three and nine, and that's going to that's going to jack them up a little bit. Um, they're still Tech, man. They're still Tech. I agree. Wednesday night, a Southeastern team that has struggled this weekend against UNO. I can't figure Southeastern out at all. They've, you know, Southeastern makes their money, if you will. Finding ways to get on base and finding ways to get them around and get them in. They're not hitting very well as a team right now. Now they've got they've got a guy who's hitting like 170, but his on base percentage is like 440 because he walks a lot. But usually they've been able to go ahead and and have that philosophy of walk and hit batsmen and stolen bases to marry with about four or five guys in the lineup who could rake. I don't know that they've got that this year. Um, they've you know um, Finky uh, is hitting about 320. And and he's a, a big stolen base guy for him, but they they just haven't been able to bunch stuff together and get big enough innings uh, to win ball games. And they're still, uh, you know, I you look, I think it's six in a row they've lost now. Uh, you know, they lost two to uh, Incarnate Word, one to Southern Miss, three to UNO, and they got beat thirty-five to four in those three games over the weekend. So they're struggling right now, but uh, you know what? You you get to play at home, or they do, and it's never easy over there. I, I I don't care what their record is or how they've been playing; it's never easy over there. I agree, and uh, I just think it's an in-state school. You cannot take them lightly. So, finally, I don't know if you had an opportunity to look ahead at Troy, but um, 
a team that has done very well so far this season and uh we'll see what happens this weekend but have you had a chance to look at them at all well i'll tell you they've got they've got a team that swings the bat with good power now i'm sure some of that has to do with that right field porch that they've got at riddle pace but um but no they're hitting they're hitting a bunch of home runs and um that always gives you pause when you face a team because they got several guys that can get you maybe three swings with one or three runs with one swing of the bat. William Sullivan's having a great year, their first baseman. Um, they've pitched it okay. Um, Brady Fuller, I think, is the guy who's going to go for him on Friday. And, you know, their team ERA is like five and a half, which actually puts them in the top five in the league as far as ERA is concerned. So I, um, the, the the thing that's a head-scratcher about Troy, they're the worst defensive team in the league. Uh, you almost never say that about Troy, okay? They've always, they're always good defensively. And like the Cajuns, they play on turf. You're going to get, you know, a lot of true bounces and stuff. But they just have not played very good defense at all, and it's cost them some games. Um And and look, they're coming in this week. Let's remember the Cajuns started 0-3 in the league last year. And those three losses were against Troy. So um I think our I think you're gonna see our team come out with a little fire in their eyes this weekend. Um and we'll see how it all works out. And at the same time, Troy Troy's good. You know, they're they're sitting there six and six uh in the league. Twenty-two and, and eleven overall. And They've got a manageable schedule the rest of the way in conference play after this week. Texas State at home, South Alabama on the road. Now George, they got to entertain Georgia Southern, but then they go to Marshall and play app at home. So they've got a navigable schedule in the second half. So this this is a big series for both of these teams because Troy needs to win this series if they want to get back in the race, and the Cajuns can push them down by winning the series. Yeah, uh, twenty-two eleven overall, like we talked about, but sixteen and five at home, and six and six on the road. So uh, I, I, they play a lot of games at home, just like the Cajuns do, just like South Alabama does, Coastal, all the Southern teams do to start the season. So no surprise there at all with the record. Uh, so I, I, I think it's going to be very. Uh, a very good weekend series. Oh, absolutely. Because both teams can hit the ball and can hit the long ball. Mm -hmm. Yep. Any final words before we sign off for the week? Well, you know, you got four home games this week with a team that's won five in a row, um, a team that's in first place in the Sunbelt Conference. And you've got those four, those four games are against very well respected teams. So I want to see I want to see good crowds at the Teague this weekend, but I want to see that start tomorrow in the game with Louisiana Tech. And then uh, come in, come in ready to get after it on the weekend because Troy will be ready to get after it. And this this has got a chance to be a really fun week if the Cajuns go out and play well. I agree. And uh it, it can I I Here's hoping it only gets better as we continue to move along. 
uh, halfway through the season, a little bit more than halfway, but we're not even halfway through conference play. Already. We will be at by Sunday. By Sunday, okay. That'll be the halfway point. Man, we, we wait all winter for baseball season to start, and now I, it's hard to believe we're halfway, more than halfway through. Well, the season we need to we need to start playing 162 games. I w- I would have absolutely no problem with that. I don't think I'd have a problem with it either, brother. I would even let's start out playing 100. All right, we'll start we with 100. We'll start with 100 and go from there. I, I just think that would be so freaking awesome. These kids got to go to school too, though. So, but there's a way to to go into the summer to where they don't have to be in school. Well, uh, they're all they're all in summer school now nowadays anyway. Yes. Okay? They're here all year round. They're in summer school anyway. So, let's go play. Let's do it. Well, thank you, Jay. Thank Appreciate you, Greg. your time. All right, man. We'll do it again next week. Absolutely. You've been listening to We're Talking. We've been talking baseball. Raging Cajun ba- baseball with the voice of the Cajuns, Jay Walker. Any redistribution or reproduction of any part or all of the contents in any form is prohibited, except, ah, uh, who the hell are we kidding? Distribute it, share it, put it in your podcast, broadcast it, or put it on social media. Just give credit where credit's due.